banjo, banjo. <laughs> Welcome back to Threat Level Podcast, a podcast where we talk about The Office. My name is Jamie, and today I am joined by just one person, and that is Madison. Hey, y'all! So today we will soon be talking about Moroccan Christmas, so another The Office Christmas episode that is poorly timed since it's June. But what can you do? (laughs) So we decided we would make it more time appropriate by... (laughs) Everybody in the episode is drunk, and so are we. Yes, drunk, <laughs> well, liberally speaking. Bit tipsy. Tips, <laughs> <Tip-tipsy. laughs> um, and so, yeah, since the episode is marking Christmas and we do have to do with Meredith's um, intervention, we thought yeah. that the most appropriate icebreaker would be to talk about what we like to drink. Yes. Um, <laughs> and sure, let's start with what we're what, drinking start, tonight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, tonight. I am drinking, I guess you might pronounce it Einstück, Einstück. It's an Icelandic white uh, ale. And I've only ever seen it uh, at this grocery store. I mean, I've only ever looked for it at this grocery store that's right by my apartment. <laughs> Probably in a lot of other Probably places. in a bunch of them. But um, as a, someone who is a, a fan of Ice, Icelandic and things like that, I was like, ooh, must try this um, Icelandic ale. And it's good. It's very reminiscent to me of a sort of um, wheat ale in a lot of ways, So, which is what it is, I think. And so, um, yeah, it's very, it's delicious. It has uh, a little bit of hint of coriander and orange peel. So uh, that's what I'm doing. Does it say that or are you actually picking up those notes? (laughs) I cannot pick up those notes. It definitely says that. <laughs> so you, you give don't me much know too much credit. <laughs> you don't actually know if it's picking up those notes as you drink it. I just assume. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's what Could I'm drinking. Could you identify coriander out of a lineup? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you? What are you drinking currently? Tonight I am drinking a new beer that I haven't had before. It's by Blue Moon, and I drink a lot of their beers all of, like, not all the time. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not an alcoholic! <laughs> no, uh, I will not! <laughs> um, but it's uh, the Blue Moon Mango Wheat Beer. It's part of their um, Brewers Select Summer Series, and it is crafted with ripe mango, and you definitely taste the mango. It's a very Good. prominent flavor. Like the sweet kind of floral hints that the mango fruit tastes like is very prominent in this beer. Nice. And I highly recommend. Cool. And so now we're both <clears throat> drinking beer, but I think that our experience with drinking, we sort of developed our palate together That's because true. neither of us really <laughs> drank much until college. Right. And then even then it's not much. Um, and so I recall a time... There were times when it was a lot. Well, yes. We both have some a lot <laughs> stories. Um, but generally speaking, we're pretty light drinkers overall. Yeah. And in the beginning, as I think most people do, I remember f- us <laughs> drinking what was called... Like, one of our favorite uh, wines. We would only drink wine. And our favorite... Oh, yeah. And, like, really, yeah. really sweet wine. Like, Either really sweet wine or really... Wine. Or really, really sweet cider we two drank. Yeah. But... I had to have a lot of sweet to begin with. <laughs> but with the wine especially, remember, we wouldn't even get, like, anything as fancy as a detail... Like, it wouldn't be, like, a Cabernet or, like, yeah. any of that stuff. It was 
soft red and soft white yes. from all. <laughs> I, I almost said that. Ollivanders. That's not, is that what it's called? <laughs> I wish it was from Ollivanders. It was from Marsh, right? No. Yeah, yeah. But what was yeah, the brewery Marsh. called that was near us? Because it was from there. Um, Olive. No. What was that called? Oh my God! I just said Oliver's? almost an Upland Brewery, but that's that's a different one. That's a different wow, one. Wow, I can't um, remember the name. Oliver. Winery? Oh, Oliver Winery, okay, right? That's what it is. Yeah, just Oliver Winery. So not Olivanders. Olivanders. <laughs> we picked up our wand and then we went and picked up And our then drinks. we had a wine. <laughs> and yeah. they, they had a soft rose too. So oh, yeah. it was soft red, soft rose, and soft white. And Which we are usually just like... had all three of those in our apartment because we had this fancy <laughs> wine rack that would hold three bottles. That's right. So we would do red, medium, uh, and white on the bottom. <laughs> and uh, needless to say, now they are extremely sweet and too much no i can't drink a sweet i can't really drink wine anymore <laughs> <I'm> currently... <laughs> i feel like that's what happens when you turn 30 you're just like <laughs> wine makes me sleepy i have to drink beer from now on forever oh, <laughs> um that's i feel i i don't really like red wines anymore i can i'll drink mm. it if it's there but i'll drink nowadays i'll drink most things if it's there um, that makes <laughs> it sound like meredith but it's just because like i don't <laughs> It, I don't find if any alcohol. Really you'll like. choose it over buying something is what you're saying. Yes, exactly. Like if it's there, I will. That's fine. But um, I do still like white wines, like especially dry ones. And I noticed oh. that like as I shifted, like everything for me, I like stronger and drier things now. Um, and I don't know when that shift really happened <laughs> because like. <laughs> because. <laughs> <laughs> because okay. uh, right because when i was in um uh yeah even when i was in france like i spent the majority of my time in france in a region that doesn't do wine they do cider so that's where yeah. i started re to really appreciate a dry cider and so now having anything that's not dry for cider for me is really like makes me it tastes too sweet and i'm I like, feel like is it possible to find a dry cider outside of like a New York City environment. I don't know, you know any brand that would be like not yeah. a local brand to New York City that would be sold. The closest I've found is the Angry Orchard Stone Dry, but that's not available everywhere. Yeah. So you can sometimes find it. And even sometimes in, in New York City, I can't find it. So uh -huh. um, that's the closest I can get. But also, if anyone who's listening lives near Trader Joe's, I would suggest that you just get, they actually import Breton cider and it tastes delicious yes it does <sighs> so good but That's what um, we drank when i was visiting you the last time right yes uh-huh okay yeah that was good and uh, yeah last time um when i <laughs> pretty much my entire suitcase was just full of different bottles of cider i will leave all my clothes behind i just need to bring <laughs> the cider back i think that summer because I, I knew it was going to be my last for a long time going to Brittany. that i ex um uh what's the word I specifically packed fewer clothes so that I could be like, aha, I'll have yeah. extra room. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah. So I'm open to many drinks nowadays. I feel like I never really got all the way to the point where I want to drink dry wine. Like there That's was never fair. a point, there was a point where I could drink dry wine, mm -hmm. but there was never a point where I wanted to drink it. It's always like a semi-sweet or a semi-dry. I like to, you know, average in, in between the two. <laughs> yeah. I don't want it to be sweet. I don't think I could drink that grape juice that <laughs> Ollivander sold. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't think I could go, like, I wouldn't enjoy going all the way to a dry. That's I fair. would want it to be 
somewhere in between which is why i think i like beers that have fruity elements mm-hmm. to them like there's a the upland makes a good blueberry beer blue moon has made several other like each season they have a different fruity berry e beer they come out with right. and those are always my favorite because i feel like they're kind of like a semi-sweet beer right they are <laughs> yeah it's it's not as overwhelming as something that's like extraordinarily hoppy um yeah. or like it's half some a of beer and half a wine yeah half a beer half wine yeah perfect um but yeah cool well i was just curious what we all drank Uh (laughs) if you if you were going to order a mixed drink something that wasn't beer or wine do you have like a favorite mixed drink that you you would like order at a bar and know what was going to be in it (laughs) i mean Aside from like a cranberry vodka or like a screwdriver, I, I don't think that I would experiment too much with um, that sort of mixed drink or cocktail because they're just so expensive. Well, okay. What if price wasn't like okay. an option and you know, someone else was buying, you know? <laughs> um, in a similar vein, like if someone else is buying or if it's free, like I would try pretty much anything, but I don't really have a go-to. For a little bit, I was trying to get I, I, I bought the uh, ingredients to make Negronis, which are um, vermouth and bitters, I think, and gin. Because I do okay. like gin. Um, but that's pretty much the only, like, mixed drink that I've made at home. Okay. But, yeah. Well, we made slow gin fizzes. Oh, uh, yeah. Several times in Blo- when we were living in Bloomington. In Bloomington, yeah. And at yeah. Colleen's one party back at her parents' house a long time yeah. ago. <laughs> So the, that was slow gin fizz. If I was at a bar that I knew knew how to make a, the slow gin fizz the right way, like yeah. I would order that. Um, it's definitely an old timey drink, though. So a like, lot of times people don't even know like what it is. If exactly. You were to order it. <laughs> or like, sometimes what? they don't even have the slow gin. Do you remember like how many yeah. stores we had to drive to to find a <laughs> no. bottle of slow? It was not at the first shop. No. no. And I feel like every time we asked the attendant or whatever, they'd be like, "What? What? We have a lot of gin, and we're like, no, no, it's different. Yeah. Slow gin. <laughs> <laughs> we like our gin on the slow side. <laughs> we don't want that fast gin. Let's not be absurd." <laughs> Oh yeah, so the, gin fizz. Yeah, it was good when we made it. it I really enjoyed it. I put a little bit of extra cherry syrup in mine. Yeah. Um, I think if I was at a bar and like I w- had to or was going to order like a slow drink or a <laughs> no <laughs> a mixed drink. Yeah. <laughs> and slow gin fizz wasn't an option because it was like any bar that opened in the past fifty years. Um, <laughs> I would order like a sex on the beach because that's cranberry and orange juice and peach schnapps together and it's like oh, okay. Yeah, that sounds good. So it doesn't that one doesn't have coconut in it? No, the okay. pina colada has oh, right. coconut in it. Sex on the beach has it's mostly orange juice it, and vodka and some cranberry juice and a little bit of peach schnapps. So you get like this very fruity deliciousness okay yeah sometimes if they're fancy they'll also put champagne in it to give it a little Ooh, bit of carbonation champagne oh that reminds me that like one of the the things mimosas that, oh a mimosa <laughs> I, remember, and orange juice, yeah. I remember we would always get those um when i was teaching in bloomington we would uh yeah. we would meet on like the final day of the finals beforehand and drink and have uh brunch and stuff and then go <laughs> proctor sam's <laughs> yeah to, to to be clear he was teaching them not having to take them drunk so exactly just yes. the you know i was just proctoring <laughs> um so that's the, the really 
care for that. Right. So mimosas bring back like a fond memory. But um, I was thinking like in Brittany, um, this sort of uh, what they call an aperitif. So it's like pretty much what you drink before your meal. uh, If you're having dinner, it's like a pre-dinner drink. And they would make things called kir, K-I-R. And um, there are a couple different types of them. But pretty much what it is, is like you would take cider and then add um, some like a cherry syrup or a grenadine uh, syrup or anything like that, uh, which were always like a little sweeter and, and tasty. And then if you want it to be fancy, you could have what's called a Quille Royale, and that would be with champagne or maybe like a yeah. sparkling wine with some syrup instead. So I remember like uh, when I would teach in Brittany, we would do that. Like we would obligatory, that's the French word. Um, <laughs> uh, we would uh, necessarily have a kir, and then during the meal we would have uh, cider. So it was like, you know, it was yeah. all, all that or bust pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I, mimosas for me always remind me of Christmas because mm. it was like the one day a year after we, my brother and I both became teenagers, that our parents would like let us drink and oh we could gosh. have mimosas in the morning on Christmas morning after coffee. So it was like brunch. My parents yeah. would have coffee in the morning and then we would have mimosas with like brunch on Christmas day. <laughs> oh, that's fun. And we usually started off making them the normal way with champagne and orange juice, but then we got fancy at the end and we would oh. put like a little bit of, you know, cranberry juice or something mm. else in it. You like to mix the different types of juices together, but nice. that was what we always used to do Aww. on Christmas well, morning. And that's very apropos because that brings us to season five, episode 11, Moroccan Christmas. <laughs> Moroccan Christmas. <laughs> And Moroccan Christmas originally aired on December 11th, 2008. And that makes this the last episode of 2008. Wow. Which is, we finally made it through 2008. (laughs) 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 Uh, But but this also has, I think, another iconic cold open, which is like the wrapped desk. Yes, that (laughs) that is like one of my all-time favorite Dwight pranks or or Jim pranks. Yeah. Jim on Dwight pranks. Right. I love this so much. It's so, so like, funny. Like you've heard, like people will wrap up everything on somebody's desk to be annoying, but right. somehow he just like makes a very lightweight frame of it. <laughs> right. Oh my god, that had to have taken so long. <laughs> and like, just like the fact that Dwight is so sure that he's going to be able to like unwrap everything. And I he's, know. She's like, in if five I can, minutes. yeah, if I can skin a mule deer in less than ten minutes, I ought to be able to cut my. And then he like he crashes to the floor. Oh, yeah, even the chair. Oh my yeah. god. Funny, like Jim literally had to have like been there all night. He must have. Yeah. Think about these pranks. Like he has to have devoted so many hours to them. That's why they're so impressive to me. (laughs) Oh yeah, he's just like Pam. I'm not coming home tonight, and she's like, I totally understand. I I know what you're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe she helped. Who knows? That's true. Maybe now that he's got Pam on his side, he has like an accomplice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's so iconic, just like slamming the, <laughs> his like briefcase down on the desk too, and like everything just collapses <laughs> under him. It's so funny. I also like it a... because it's so short. Like it's a yeah short, sweet to the point. It introduces that this is the Christmas episode. It does, yeah. And as Christmas episodes go, like uh, I don't know this if this one like is up to snuff. Really, I really like this. Really, <laughs> I mean. Maybe not as a Christmas episode, but yeah. just like as an episode of The Office. I thought it was really good. <laughs> yeah. 
I so the thing is that that kind of annoyed me a little bit, but also that I kind of loved. So I've torn mixed emotions about it. <laughs> is like how spiteful and and mean Phyllis is being the whole oh. time. Cause yeah. Because, like, we see her sometimes be snippy and stuff, but oftentimes she's sort of, like, the sweet matronly type. <laughs> but, you see, I think the the matronly, nice, motherly, it, it, like, that's all a facade. That's not mm. really who Phyllis is. Because in the moments when Phyllis really gets to be herself, this is who she is. She <laughs> is this spiteful, like... I almost said seductive. Um, Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, depending on the person. Um, like manipulative, kind of really awful person. Yeah. <laughs> and like, so the, the matronly aspect of Phyllis is all just like a mask. And this is who she is when we see it, when she's able to let it out. <laughs> yeah. And it's fun just to see her like being... Like giving uh, Angela all these ridiculous orders and basically yeah. like cutting up her dreams and hopes, like knocking <laughs> all of the <laughs> nativity scene into the yeah. drawer. Uh, like and- I can definitely like I liked that because I I know Phyllis is a terrible person. Like she's like, <laughs> she might be like she might be one of the worst people in the no. office. Yes, she Whoops. is because everything you see with her is just like fake. This okay. is. Phyllis in this episode. This is her truest self. <laughs> this is who she is. And this is like one of the only episodes where she really shines as that terrible person. Fair. For the whole episode. <laughs> yeah. I um, like this. You like this, Phyllis? <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> It's it is yeah, it's just fun to see the ridiculous stuff she does true. And then of course it culminates in the end when she sort of like tries to act like that sweet, like, you know, Philip, not sweet, but like the defeated yeah. sort of like, you know, Angela did get the best of her. And then she's just like, Angela's having sex with Dwight. Oh, when she says that and they pan over to Dwight's face, he's, he's so, like, so proud. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, she is. He's like, don't be so surprised. <laughs> Of course, oh. Andy is not there, which I know. is just meant for comic relief or, I don't know, awkwardness. Like, how long is it before Andy actually finds out? It's like... I think I think it might be the next episode, actually. Oh, is it right away like that? Okay. Yeah, because I don't think they're together that long before, after. Because, like, how can... No one... Michael certainly can't keep his mouth shut. I think Michael's the one who tells true. him, so... Oh, yeah, that, that checks out. Yeah, we know what happened <laughs> when Jim told, uh, you know, Michael that he liked Pam or whatever. Oh, he actually oh. kept that, actually. It oh. was someone else, wasn't it? I don't remember now. I can't remember either. But yeah, so that'll come crashing down soon, and thank God, because like that relationship pairing is just It the is, worst. and I just feel bad for Andy the whole time. Because he's like so innocent, like, oh, she's so great, and all this, and I'm like, no, she's not. That's the thing, yeah, he's so innocent, and, and like, he just doesn't, he's so oblivious, too, because like, Granted, it was in German, but, like, (laughs) Dwight literally married her in front of him as a witness and and had her sign (laughs) the marriage license. So I'm just like, come on. He's, like, just so trusting and oblivious to what's happening. It kind of, like, his progression in the later seasons to, like, ending up on that boat, like, it kind of makes sense. (laughs) It does, yeah. He just kind of, like, has to have a collapse at some point. Yeah, Has has to escape reality for a while. Yeah. 
but um but it is it's funny to see him trying to like plinker around with the sitar um which like when i saw the sitar i was just like all i could think was you are beautiful you are ugly (laughs) and you are he gives the game away um but all that <laughs> Mulan but, yes, reference all, for anybody who was, had no idea what was happening there. <laughs> if you don't know what was happening, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast. Please, please leave. <laughs> you're no longer wanted in this office podcast. <laughs> Goodbye. Um, but then, yeah, um, and the, so awkward moment when he's like singing the Christmas song for her, oh, yeah. and everyone's just like <laughs> blank face staring at him. <laughs> yeah, um, and he thinks that they just like hate his playing. Yeah. <laughs> So, speaking of that scene and everybody standing around, what yeah. the hell is Creed wearing? Oh in my this god! Episode? It's like this long white man nightgown. <laughs> I think it's trying to emulate what's you know what what, what a Moroccan would wear. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not it. That can't be it. That think... would have been Creed trying to like actually <laughs> do what is relevant to the episode. <laughs> I think I read somewhere that that the outfit that he wears in this is actually like similar to like the normal clothes that he wears in everyday life, which would oh. make sense given who Creed is. Because I feel like his representation of his character Creed is not different really to how he is as a person. Oh, really? I guess I, I don't know how he is as yeah. a person. I've never met him. Because his name is also, you know, Creed Breton. So. Wait. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, are you messing with me? I'm not. Right I'm now, not. Man? His real name is Creed Bratton. So it's like, and he's a musician and he sort of like, yeah, I think, I think I read somewhere in an interview that Angela was saying that that's how he dressed. So, so he just came to work this in his normal clothes. all sorts of elements to us. Yeah. Previously unexplored. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, the, the other thing, I, the other main event of this is um, the intervention. Yeah. And the intervention, like, what did you think of that? Like, part of me likes it because you know Michael's coming from, like, a good place. This is one of his friends, a member of his family. Mm-hmm. He's He needs to help her kind of thing. Right. And then, then the other side of me is like, this is so inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, he should not be doing it the way he's doing it. Right. But then, like, that's Michael to make things inappropriate. So. Right. And I love that Toby was like, you can't ask her to stop drinking or whatever. And he's like, I am not doing that. I am imploring her to quit being an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the fact that he, like, dry, like, tricks her into going to the rehab building by saying like, we're going to grab a drink. And she's listing like all of these places in Scranton, which are apparently all real bars. Oh, really? Yeah. And, um, (laughs) the whole scene, (laughs) the whole scene with her, like running around the parking lot and screaming as he drags her in and stuff. (laughs) He falls into the garbage can. It's just so funny. It is. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, of course it doesn't work out, but Apparently. No, because as Michael finds out, you can't check somebody into rehab against their will. Right. Which is not if you're a doctor. If you're a doctor, you can, I think. R- really? Hmm. Maybe they don't call it rehab. <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> they can keep you someplace away from your addiction, basically. Mm. <clears throat> like but, on a hold or something? Yeah. Interesting. Anyways. Um, 
But yeah, so she doesn't stop drinking until like the season, I mean the series finale. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. But yeah, so I don't know. It's kind of interesting, but it's not the first time that they play up Meredith's drinking problem to be. Right, they, they kind of do make it like she's clearly an alcoholic with a problem, but it's funny. Kind yeah. of, you know, like maybe that wouldn't fly so well today, but it's no, one of those right? jokes that doesn't necessarily age well. <laughs> I mean, also another thing that doesn't really age well is when Toby like convinces convinces Daryl to give him the Barbie, and it's the black unicorn Barbie yeah. princess or whatever, and he's like, oh. Like... <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> he re- he he recovers quickly. It's like that's it's. It's even better than what I was hoping it would look like. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, ooh, that's very like collar. You like you want to play your collar and be like, ooh, uh-oh. Yeah. But um, just like awkward, like uh, yeah. Toby doesn't want a black doll, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which like that doll in that subplot is just. I mean, first of all, very smart of Dwight actually. I, I I love Dwight like the head that he just goes out and buys all of them and then like sells them for three times what they're worth. It's so absurd. I like too when they are during the intervention when like a guy comes in through I don't know what entrance because it certainly wasn't the front and he's like <laughs> yeah, he comes out of like the annex. I know. I was like, what's he doing back there? And he has like he does like the sort of like horn thing on his head and Dwight yeah. like gets up and leaves. Yeah. Oh man, it's yeah, it is funny when Dwight like. Out, kind of like out, outsmarts people by doing these things. It's like, I know people are going to want this. I calculated exactly right. what would be like the top seller and I bought all of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah. you can't really I do mean, anything. I mean, that makes sense to like how Dwight has so much money. <laughs> exactly. You, I mean, in like, say what you will. This is how he just lives his life on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. It's like, say what you will, but like, you know, he's a planner. He knows what he's doing. Yep. But, um, but yeah. So that's pretty much like all the plots. Did you have any other things you were you found interesting or funny about the episode? <clears throat> I'm skimming through my um your notes. Yeah. Me too. I know I like Dwight selling the what was it called? Unicorn Princess doll and the prank at the beginning and um what was the other thing that oh like like just like the rehab or not the rehab the intervention with meredith like those are three things that stand out in my memory as like really funny in the office Mm -hmm. so i really i enjoyed seeing the whole storylines then with them yeah no those are yeah very iconic things sort of like shoved into a single episode which is cool yeah um yeah I, i don't think i have anything else to say did you write down any uh quotes yes This isn't your grandmother's Christmas party. <laughs> unless, your anyway, grandmother... <laughs> unless your grandmother's from Morocco, then it would be very accurate. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think for it to be blackmail, it would have to be on a formal letter. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. This is vodka I mixed with orange juice. I call it the orange vodka. <laughs> Yeah. Jim just like tastes delicious. Can't believe any no one else has thought of this before. <laughs> um and then when Michael's dragging Meredith in at the end and he's like, I have a deposit, alcoholic. Yeah. Oh my god. And also at the end when he's like, 
I, I need to find ways to push Meredith to the bottom. Oh I know I can do it. I did it to Jan. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, you really did. You really oh. did, yeah. Um, I also liked what, after Meredith pushes the nativity scene into the drawer, and uh, we have the talking head bit with Angela, and she's just like, I'm not going to judge Phyllis for desecrating, desecrating Christmas. Uh, there is one person who will, though. And she just shoved him into a drawer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, then Pam, who's like, I wish that you'd stop rubbing that lamp in that creepy way when Jim's like fondling it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he was rubbing it in a really creepy way. He was. I also like when they're trying to, as we find out, try to find like a future date for the intervention. And they're like naming off all these days and they mentioned Ground- Groundhog's Day. And he's like, would you like to do it on Groundhog's Day? And Michael's just like, no, I celebrate that privately. I know. What does that mean? <laughs> what are you doing privately? He's just like praying that Punxsutawney <laughs> will see a shadow or whatever one is the one we want. I forget. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think that might be everything I had. Oh, no. The, another good one is when <laughs> Michael says, what is going to happen when you come to work and you're dead? And Dwight's just like, I'm going to stab her in the yeah, brain with a wooden spike. <laughs> yeah, I, I did have that written down. I forgot to read it. I, that's because I highlighted it in the wrong color on my oh. notes. It's the trivia color, not oh. the, the quote color. What is my Dwight going to stab her in the head with? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's all the quotes I have. All right. All right. Should we do, uh, let's do Dundee's and then Dundee's, trivia. That's fine. Who are you giving your Dundee to? I'm giving the control it till you own it, Dundee, to Phyllis. Nice. <laughs> Deserving. Phyllis really deserved that one. Um, I love her in this episode. She's really, it is fun. It's like a very memorable, like Phil, the way Phyllis acts. Episode. Yes. Um, I'm going to have to give my... Uh, Dundee. Yeah. My Dundee, <laughs> my... my Realizing her addiction, Dundee, to Meredith for admitting finally that she has an addiction to porn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, man. Um, yeah. So let's what? do trivia. Trivia. <clears throat> all right. So all four of my trivia are lists. All right. People listing off things, and if you can name them all. Okay, I tried to write down so, some of these. Andy's three nicknames in college. They were Puke, Ace, and Buzz. Yes. <laughs> um, Dwight's five-fingered intervention. Or oh I my guess god, I can't believe we didn't mention that before. <laughs> um, yeah, the five-finger intervention was... I wrote this down. Hold on. Where did I put it? <laughs> oh my god. It's um, awareness, education, control, acceptance, and punching. <laughs> uh, the third one is what is in Michael's <laughs> one of everything drink. Oh my god. I did write this one down. It's scotch, absinthe, rum, gin, vermouth, triple sec, and two packs of Splenda. <laughs> and the last one which is the most obscure one okay. on the back of the unicorn princess box oh. there is a list of features what are the features of the doll oh wow that is very specific 
I I imagine it sings my uh, horn can pierce the sky <laughs> like Michael Scott. <laughs> um, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't look at that. All right. So there are four of them. Oh my god! It is comb her hair and set it the way you wish. Nice. Her hands move freely. Okay. Includes sparkly magic wand. <laughs> And beautiful multi-layered dress. Oh, okay. Wow. That's very specific. <laughs> I did like the whole exchange when Dwight was like, this is so impractical. And he's like, <laughs> you know, he's talking like, what, did the king have sex with a unicorn? Like, what's happening? Right. <laughs> and it's also true that, like, it's promoted as, like, half princess, half unicorn or whatever. But it's definitely not half. It just has a horn. She just has a horn, yeah. yeah. Unless she also has, like, hooved feet and we can't see them. I feel like that's a birth defect that could happen to, like, an actual human. Not, like, a sparkly magic horn, but that you have, like, like an extra amount of bone on your forehead, you know, that, yeah. like, could happen. I think, uh, I think I saw one of, like, the weird documentaries I watched. I think at one point there was a woman who did have... I think it was like um, excessive keratin or something like the stuff that grows in your fingernails and it was poking out her it was like making a horn out of her head so yeah it can happen it wasn't as anything near as beautiful as what right. it looks not a sparkling magical horn but... right <laughs> um, good those were your four lists those, yes those are my my questions <laughs> okay um, wow so a lot of those were mine so I have I think at least one it's also a list what are the three uh, pieces of the nativity scene that are not pushed into? It was a camel. Oh, there are four, actually. Sorry. Oh, a camel, a donkey. Close. Oh, a, a, a horse. I <laughs> know. <laughs> a pony. No. A sheep. Yes. Okay. It's that close to a donkey. The camel and sheep. It has four legs. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things have four legs. True. A cow. No cows. Um, what the hell else lives on a barn? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I'll give it to you. No, so, wait, wait, wait. What else did the wise men travel with? What's in the nativity scene? Come on, Madison. You've seen this all your life at Christmas time. There's I don't know camels. If one of them is traditionally was... in there. There was definitely donkeys. There was no donkey. She didn't. Um, That's what she rode to Bethlehem Phyllis, on the donkey. <laughs> Phyllis didn't let her keep the donkey. Oh. Did you give up? Yeah. Okay. So it was a camel, a sheep, an elephant, and <laughs> the North African king. <laughs> the rest were swept right into the drawer. Um, oh man, I think you have all of the ones I oh, took. No, Do I have any I'm more? Sorry. Oh, I guess I can ask, how much was Dwight charging for the dolls? 200, it seemed. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, oh, what does Kevin call Meredith when they sit down for the intervention? Fire girl. <laughs> I love that he afterwards is just like, too soon. Too soon, which I assume he's referring to Ryan and yeah. not Meredith. <laughs> right. It's, it's so funny. Um... Which also reminds me with Kevin, the fact that at the very beginning, um, uh, Phyllis is trying to hand Stanley like that small hat. And he was like, I will not be the fat guy in this, in the tiny hat. And it pans over to Kevin. Kevin, yeah. Like he's already got that position covered. Oh my gosh. I also think that like something that they didn't do, but they should have is like everyone's around Meredith and Michael Scott's like 
who here thinks that Meredith's an alcoholic? And like everyone we see on the camera raises their hand, but they don't show Creed. And I, I'm convinced that if they did, Creed wouldn't have raised his hand. No, yeah, he wasn't paying attention. Right. So it would have been okay. cool to see like if if he would have done that, but they didn't show it. But yeah, if I were directing it, <laughs> <laughs> Creed would have been shown with his hand down. Exactly. His pants. Down his pants. Down his long shirt thing yeah (laughs) but yeah so uh, i guess that brings us to ratings then it does well i am giving this episode five (gasps) out of five unicorn dolls because i really enjoyed it and i don't think it was just because i was drinking (laughs) (laughs) i thought it was a good episode yeah no i actually did enjoy it too and especially like discussing it all through the different aspects was uh reminded me of how much i liked it and i did laugh a number of times out loud uh, i don't think for me it's a five i'm gonna have to give it a four little triangles of pita toasted on both sides and fanned out of five <laughs> very specific <laughs> so that brings our total score to 4.5 Five unicorn pitas. There we go. <laughs> that <Simple>. are fanned. <laughs> fanned, essentially. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, so 4.5, I think, is a good rating for this Christmas yeah. episode. I um, when I was looking up facts, some facts about it, uh, I saw, though, that out of um, some survey or something, this was the second lowest rated episode in this season. Really? Yeah. So people were like... Be a little bit too like harsh with the whole rehab thing yeah i think people probably found it like very out of context and sudden but i mean that's what it's meant to be like it's supposed to be like michael making the decision that they're doing intervention now right yeah because meredith caught her hair on fire (laughs) i definitely don't think that i mean obviously i think it's the first episode this season i've given a five out of five so (laughs) yeah true true um yeah so uh for everyone listening that will conclude our part of the podcast where we talk about the episode so if you have anything you'd like to tell us about what you thought of the episode you can always do so hit us up on twitter at tl underscore pcast or you can hit us up nope or you can send us an email at threatlevelpodcast at gmail.com and uh that then brings us to our last segment which is Threat Level Podcast After Dark. <laughs> and so um, for anyone who's new and listening, this is the part of the podcast where we talk about what we've been reading, watching, listening to, contemplating in life, doing, yes. um, experiencing, any number of verbs. And... <laughs> um, <laughs> are doing that you enjoyed that wasn't just sitting down and jerking off exactly well there goes my entire thing <laughs> i can't shout that i one. found this really great porn vid recommended <laughs> to me from meredith expressly she would be a good recommendation mm-hmm. for her she would um yeah so what have i been doing well i i have mine already okay. i bought three books <gasps> Oh yeah. This past mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, and I've read it's three books in a series, and I've read the first two, and I had read the first two a couple of years ago when they first came out, and the third one also like just came out this past month. So I bought all three of them so I could reread the first two and then read the third one again or nice. for the first time. Um, so this the series is called 
the road to nowhere and the first book in the series is called um the book of the unnamed midwife and hold on (laughs) y'all just cut this part out that's fine the author is meg ellison um e-l-i-s-o-n if you want to look them up um they're like 10 bucks a piece on amazon new you can get them cheaper used but um so the premise is that in the very first book the world um has ended basically there's been this massive plague of this fever that is killing everyone um there's no clear number of how many people died because after a while the news just kind of stops and there's no like head count anymore Mm -hmm. Um, but it's estimated that like between 95 to 98 percent of the population on the planet died off during this so like massive numbers of people are dead um and it affected women far more than men so like and in the end the survival rate is like one woman to every 10 men hmm. and all of the women who were pregnant during the time died and the babies died and nobody's able to get pregnant afterwards either and you find all this out like right in the beginning i'm not giving anything away okay so like it seems to be like this issue where no woman afterwards is even able to become pregnant or like if she does she miscarries or she dies during the pregnancy kind of thing Hmm. so and there's a lot of like it like trigger warning like rape and stuff that happens in it because of the amount of men to women that there is women are kind of become property and are you know kidnapped and things like that so there are creepy aspects to it so if you don't like that don't read it because they are they're there in the beginning but it is such a good book and it like really makes you think like geez this could happen like you know any kind of antibiotic resistant infection could cause this kind of mass extinction and And, and so the third book is that the conclusion to the series or okay so that's like the first book is you learn about the end of the world Mm. The second book is called The Book of Etta, and it picks up about 104 years after the end of the first book. And and you realize, like, in the very, the prologue to the first book is the world that Etta lives in. It's like this old lady who's, like, teaching the scribes of her small village to rewrite the book of the unnamed midwife so they have additional copies of it. And so you realize that in the second book that, like, it kind of connects that way. Gotcha. Um, so, like, this is the world then, 104 years later, and the small villages and towns that have, um, you know, popped up after women were able to start kind of having babies again. <clears throat> and it took a long time, but you learned that at the end of the first book. <laughs> okay. Um, and so, spoilers. So, yeah, spoilers. <laughs> but not really. Like, you kind of expect that's what's going to happen. Sure, but sure. If you know there's a second book, obviously, right. you start having babies <laughs> again at some point. Um, so the book of Etta then is about the uh, girl um, who lives during that time period. She's a raider. She goes out looking for lost old world objects. Oh. And it's very progressive in that they kind of have Etta also be Eddie. When she's out on the road, she dresses as a man. She binds her breasts. She you know, acts and walks like a man. And as the story progresses, you realize that it's not just like a safety thing mm. like she is eddie in a lot gotcha. of ways <clears throat> and she's like a very gender fluid character cool 
Um, and then the third book, I just started reading it. I got through the first two books um, a couple days ago. So I'm about one or two chapters into the third book. It's called The Book of Flora. And Flora is a character that Eddie or Etta meets along his and her travels in the first or in the second book. Cool. So it seems interesting. Yeah, something that I would like to check <laughs> out. Yeah, I, I'll be done with this book, I'm sure, by the end of this week. So when I come to see you this <laughs> summer, I'll bring them with me and awesome. you can read them. And so how long are the books, um, generally speaking? 250 to 300 pages. Okay, so not too long. Not super long, but uh, very good. And a lot of it is, like, done as journal entries because, like, the the first one's, like, the journal that the midwife kept um, during her travels. Mm -hmm. And you never learn what her real name is, though. Um, That's why it's called the Book of the Unnamed Midwife. She doesn't ever tell what her real name is. Gotcha. Kind of is it kind of reminds me of um handmaid's tale in a way yeah yeah in a lot of ways it is <laughs> yeah okay but um but yeah that sounds cool yeah i'd like yeah. to read that um, I, will, I will lend them to you awesome <laughs> um speaking of handmaid's tale um that's one of the things i've been doing since the last time we recorded is just you know season what three? season are we on three um <laughs> so here we have three new episodes so far um of the season and wow they are good i'm just like so curious to see like what's going to happen in terms of where june's story goes okay because i was a little disappointed with the ending of season two or just like right? super frustrated with june i guess so. i know me too i think everyone was like collected to like what the fuck what did you just do um but you know they're already in the first three episodes like significant movements or things that happen where you're like oh so i'm really curious <laughs> to see like how that develops um so that's one thing i've been checking out and then i won't say anything for spoilers and um (laughs) the other thing i've been watching too uh this is a bit of a cop-out but you know black mirror season five is out (laughs) and so madison and i discussed in our other podcast uh, which we record today uh the first episode which is called striking vipers and the cool thing about uh, for anyone who's not seen Black Mirror, the cool thing about Black Mirror is that every episode is different, and so the story premise changes. And uh, it, we were, as we were saying, like Black Mirror does have some continuous aspects, so you know it's like in the same world in some capacity. Um, but it's cool because it really forces you to think about these sort of specific moral issues, where like right. they're very very seldom is it like black or white you you're always at least me i always leave the episode thinking like oh now i don't really know how i feel about this right they they can make you question yeah like oh (laughs) which like is just an indication of a great series really and uh yeah so that's like the other main thing i was i've been and by main thing i mean i watched one episode today um <laughs> that's pretty much all i've been checking out um i'm back to teaching so i have been busy during the week and uh yeah that's pretty much all i've done so that's all right i feel like two new shows since last week is, <laughs> is enough <laughs> two new quote quote shows yeah yeah well new seasons of yeah. old shows i guess i've also been watching keeping up with um attack on titan is still Oh my goodness! I have not heard that since you were living with me in India. <laughs> right. Watching that with was it Weston or it Kyle was Weston, yeah. Somebody, yeah, it was Weston. Okay. Wow, yeah. yeah, that was a long time ago. I oh, think, yeah. and I was like 
sitting on the background, like grudgingly wishing you were not watching it, but yeah. then paying attention and getting into it. Yeah, but of course, many things are happening currently in the show. <laughs> but um, but it's fun. I don't know. It's it's cool. That's I kind of have to say that I like. There is something cool about being able to like binge watch a show, but I think that that sort of feeds into the the overwhelming desire nowadays for instant gratification because you're yeah. like oh I know I could just go on to the next episode the next episode but like there was something that was nice about back in the day when like or I guess currently but in other um in other media where you have to wait a week to see a new episode because it's like delayed gratification exactly it's like it feels almost it feels better because you're like ah now I know like are you always frustrated at the end of the episode yes but like (laughs) but it's like a good frustration because first of all you can't spend three hours binge watching stuff and I mean I guess for me I just go to a different show but in theory (laughs) you're like restrained to like your hour or 30 minute time slot and that's it and I don't know, I think there's something good about that. But Whenever you think of, like, delayed gratification, do you always picture Stormy? Stormy. I don't. But <laughs> I should be. I do. <laughs> We're talking about Stormy from Odd Thomas? Yes. I need to reread these. Because she always talked about how great delayed gratification was. Oh my gosh, good memory. (laughs) That's the only thing I remember about her. But like, I think when I read that the first time, I was like, yeah, I need to get into delayed gratification. Yeah. It like really stuck with me. That's cool. Stormy is like the best, which just makes it extra, oh, spoilers, which just makes it extra sad when she's gone. Yeah. But um, yeah, Odd Thomas series was good too. Did you ever read through the end of it? No, I don't have them. <laughs> oh, I don't have them with me. They're in Buffalo or, you know, back home. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Autonomous is good. And it was like, it's really sad, too, that the the actor who played Autonomous in the one movie uh, died really young. So it's so sad because, like, obviously the whole situation is sad. But also, like, he played a great Odd Thomas. So yeah. it's like they can't really continue that series with someone else because... I don't Oof. know that they would try. Yeah. No. Yeah. In a way, it'd probably be just be a bit disrespectful, maybe. Yeah. But. And I don't know how well all of them would translate to movie. Yeah. Like, so much of it is just like in his head. <laughs> right. True, true. Um, but yeah. So cool. A couple of things to check out. A post-apocalyptic, wow. post-apocalyptic <laughs> book series and also post-apocalyptic show. Yeah. And... <laughs> Um, happy times this episode happy times um and yeah so uh, again if you want to send us suggestions for things that you've been checking out or listening to or reading or writing or anything like that uh feel free again to reach out uh, via email so at threatlevelpodcast.gmail.com or to hit us up on twitter at tl underscore pcast we'd be happy to hear from from anyone and (laughs) yeah and if you particularly liked listening to this episode and you want to uh, um uh, spread the word do feel free tell a friend that there's this office-based podcast in which they spend 20 minutes talking about the show and other 40 minutes talking <laughs> and about 40 something minutes else. talking about other <laughs> random things then please do feel free uh, to, to share that um otherwise uh we'll look uh f- well nope otherwise <laughs> keep an eye out and we will be back uh probably next week all right all right bye, bye.